Hello, everybody. The Jukebox is made possible by our sponsor, that is Plectone, P-L-E-C-T-O-N-E. You can find them at Plectone.com. They create a guitar product called the Double Pulse. It's a guitar pick that creates richer, fuller, and brighter tones on your guitar, and the concept gives each of the two picks in their design the freedom to move and pivot independently to produce amazing double pulse tremolo sound. It's actually two guitar picks combined by a soft rubber coupler, and it's so fun to play. It's a really unique product. I would highly recommend checking it out. It can really augment your sound in a unique way. Now, if you head on over to Plectone.com right now, they got a bit of a sale running in their store. They have a couple different versions of the Double Pulse. They have a 05 millimeter and a 06 millimeter. You can get them for as cheap as 8 bucks a pop, and if you bundle them together, you can save 25% and 40%. I've said this before on the program, but it definitely bears repeating. We do not have sponsors here in the Jukebox unless we believe in what they do and we want to see them succeed. We want to see Plectone succeed. It's an awesome pick. I play one. I know some people who play one. You should play one, too. Thanks, Plectone. The show couldn't happen without you. Enjoy this episode of the Jukebox. You've got the jukebox. Be the machine to turn the wheel. You're listening to the jukebox, your monthly dose of the very best indie music around. Please welcome your host, Brett Stewart. Hello, hello, hello. My name is indeed Brett Stewart, and you are listening to the Jukebox Podcast for November of 2016. A big shout-out to Fenario's Wolf at the top of the program. That is the music you hear in our intro. The song is Catch the Spirit. You should check them out if you enjoy that tune. Now, we're recording on Monday, November 28th, earlier in the morning, and I decided to release the episode a couple days later than as scheduled, because I know here in the States, where I am and where many of our listeners are, on Thursday you were giving thanks. You were sitting down with your families, hopefully having a wonderful meal, watching some football. And then on Friday you were immediately trampling said family in a merciless attempt to get a 4K 3D TV on Black Friday. So I understand that everyone was very busy with family, with consumerism, myself included. Got some really good Blu-ray films. <laughs> Got It Might Get Loud. It's a great movie with Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge. I'd highly recommend it. But I digress. I decided to release this episode a couple days later because of that. So I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, a wonderful Black Friday if you're in the States, and you are moving forward into a new week like I am, very excited and ready to listen to some new music. Now, before we get into some of the music, I do want to talk about a couple brief announcements. First of all, a roundtable episode is going to be hitting your feed tomorrow. That is Tuesday, November 29th. It's already recorded. It's already edited. It's in our queue. 
It's going to hit you Tuesday uh, evening. So look for that. We had a fantastic discussion. We talked about Kanye's breakdown. We talked about uh, upcoming music that you should look for, a bunch of different news items, a little bit on streaming music, all sorts of really cool stuff. Amazon selling you concert tickets, whether or not that's good for you, bad for you. Lots of really cool things. You should check that out. It's going to be on the feed tomorrow. Uh, I mention this every month now, and I think it's vital to keep announcing. If you would like to send us music, you can go ahead and do that. Jukeboxpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to put jukebox submission in the subject line, or else I might miss it. And I don't want to do that. So if you send music that doesn't have that subject line, it's probably going to end up in our spam folder because we do get a lot of spam. That's what happens when you put your email out there. People take advantage of it. But I don't want that to happen with your music. So go ahead, make sure that you send it with the correct subject line, and we will consider it for the program. Now, this evening, we have a wonderful selection of tunes for you. We have stuff spanning a dozen different genres here, and I'm so excited to get started with this program. This is a huge departure from even some of the music we played last month and the month before, and that's something I try to do here when we schedule and program the jukebox, is every single month has a slightly different offering of music, and I'm really excited about that. The first band we are going to play uh, this month is Airlift. They have a new EP out. The EP is called Policy, and they're a five-piece indie rock outfit that formed in New York last spring. Now, Policy is the first side of the EP, and the B side of the EP is a song called Like a Borderline. That's what we're going to play for you here. They remind me a little bit of Jake Bellows uh, in Neva DeNova. That's that Saddle Creek outfit that was very popular for a while in the indie scene until Jake sort of disappeared. I know he put out a solo record a couple years ago, but aside from that, Neva DeNova's fallen away. If you enjoy this sound and you enjoy Airlift and this song, again, that's called Like a Borderline, I'd recommend checking Jake out too. And of course, checking out the rest of Airlift's music. Check it out. Here we go.
All right, everybody, that was Airlift, the song Like a Borderline. It's the B-side off their EP called Policy. Moving along, we're going to play some softer music. This band is called Magic Magic Roses. Their new single is called Dusk. Magic Magic Roses make dreamy, meditative folk music in San Francisco, California. In 2008, Kate Sweeney and Sarah Simon got together to play some Jimmy Rogers covers and quickly began collaborating on original songs. Now, editorially, I have to add to their bio here. I love that they got together playing Jimmy Rogers songs. For those of you not familiar with Jimmy Rogers, he was like the first gangster. <laughs> uh, go, go on YouTube and type in Jimmy Rogers and look for a video of him sitting in front of a, an old house. And he's sitting on a, and they're in front of a railway and he's singing that he's got more you know, he's got more women than a freight train can hold. Uh, Yodelay-hoo, yodelay-hoo. And he's, you know, yodeling at the top of his lungs. And there's these women uh, leaning outside of the, the window, just gazing at him longingly as he talks about how uh, his his six-foot-long rifle <laughs> and uh, and how he's going to cock his, you know, his six-foot-long rifle. Just so ridiculous sexual innuendo. And it's the original gangster. I love Jimmy Rogers. That's some... And keep in mind, this is country music, Americana country music from the 40s. So I would recommend checking that out. I added editorially in the middle of Magic Magic Rose's uh, bio. But the band's first album, The Living Room, was recorded on a four track in Sarah's living room, uh, recorded in a living room called The Living Room. Pretty cool. I dig that. And was self-released on cassette tape in 2010. Sam Ber- Berman joined on drums in spring of 2011, the trio released their follow-up album, Valley, in 2012. They're now preparing to release their brand new album. It's called Dusk, and it's going to be coming out on December 2nd, so this coming Friday. And they actually recorded the album while Sweeney was in the first trimester of her pregnancy. She gave a little bit of insight into what that was like. Uh, quote, I was literally... <laughs> Excuse me. I was literally crying in the corner, eating pickles and watermelon. I was about two months pregnant at the time and suffering from terrible morning sickness all day long. For a long time, I couldn't listen to the recordings because they would make me nauseous. But luckily, that wore off. Now, my babe, Angelo, who is eight months old, loves listening to the record when he was first born and having a major crying session. It was the only thing that could make it stop. That's pretty cool. Check out Magic Magic Roses, their song, Dusk. Sing. 
That was Magic Magic Roses. The song is called Dusk, and that's going to be out on the album called Dusk uh, this Friday, December 2nd. And before the historians in the audience start emailing me, I now realize I looked it up while that song was playing. Jimmy Rogers was the 20s, not the 40s. My apologies. And the song I was referencing was Blue Yodel, or uh, otherwise known as T4 Texas. One of my favorite anecdotes about Jimmy Rogers was that when Howlin' Wolf uh, was christened Howlin' Wolf he was trying the yodel and he was trying to sound like Jimmy Rogers like how Rogers sounds in Blue Yodel and someone came up to Howlin' Wolf and they said you don't sound you know you don't sound you sound like you're Howlin' uh, you don't sound like you're yodeling and that's how he was christened Howlin' Wolf the more you know alright we're gonna move along to another artist this is a female pop vocalist Um, And she delves into soul and rock and roll and indie rock as well. Her name is Neon Amora. That is N-E-O-N. So Neon Amora. So O-M-O-R-A. She hails from Indonesia. Uh, She had an international upbringing all around 
um, all around the world, and she cites pretty eclectic influence, everything from Florence and the Machine to Radiohead. She had a debut album come out in 2014 called Seeds, and she has a brand new song that's coming out shortly as well. We're going to play two songs off of that debut album and follow it up with her brand new song that's yet to be released, because I do want to show you this wonderful lineage of how she has grown just in the last couple of years as an independent artist. This is really superb production, and I think Nianamora has some phenomenal lead vocals. She's very talented. Check out a song called Bentley from 2014's Seeds. Thank you. 
That was Niana Mora, the song Bentley. It's the first track off her debut album, Seeds, which came out in 2014. We're going to play another song off that album. It's called Verge of Universe. And this shows a little bit of a difference of what you can hear on that album. There's a lot of sonic intricacy going on on Niana Mora's debut album, which is why I'm playing several tracks from it. And I would mention that the first song you just heard has a bit of a, a, bit of a Mumford & Sons influence, right? Perhaps some of Mice and Men, Florence and the Machine a little bit. They do that big anthemic sing-along style indie rock that has even a, a tad bit of a folk influence. And you're going to notice throughout these three tracks that Niana Mora starts off with that, which is fine, but I'd like to see her expand into more experimental and more unique territory. And she really starts moving in that direction, which is exactly what I would hope from an artist. And she actually does that on the record since it starts with Bentley. So this track, Verge of Universe, shows a little different side of Niana Mora. Check it out.
as you'll notice, there's a little bit more of a bite to Verge of Universe that Bentley doesn't necessarily have. So I really enjoy that dichotomy between those two tracks. We're going to follow that up with a recording from this year, 2016. This is an upcoming single for Nianamora, and the song is called Be Still My Soul. And it is a very soulful song, a huge, huge contrast to what you've heard in the last two tracks. Check it out. So 
That was Niana Mora. Check her out. That song, Be Still, My Soul, is going to be coming out shortly. You got a little bit of an early listen to it here on the Jukebox Podcast. Moving right along, we're going to delve into some unique, bizarre territory. Uh, I highly encourage you to stick with us because there's some stuff that's not as bizarre coming up as well. But more importantly, I think when music is different, when music challenges you, when it's not something you would typically listen to, it's really important to listen to it and to give it a chance. And that's one of the big things for me on the jukebox is that I have this platform to expose you not only to artists that are immediately orally pleasing to you, but also artists that are worth delving into because they are more experimental They are breaking the mold. They are more challenging and less digestible than perhaps your typical music. And all of this very much describes Isaac Serka. I've played Isaac on the program before, a long time ago. He's come a long way since then. Uh, That name is I-S-A-K, and then Serka is S-I-R-K-K-A. Isaac has been re-releasing a lot of his music. He's been very prolific over the last year and a half since I've known him, and he releases new music almost every almost every week at this point. I mean, does I don't know if the guy sleeps, but he makes a lot of music. And surprisingly, he maintains a, a level of quality that is very impressive. There are times when Isaac has misstepped, and he's usually removed that from his catalog and built upon those failures, as a, any good artist should do. But for the most part, the stuff that he's putting out is better than most of the stuff that comes across my desk, if I'm being entirely honest. But it is very experimental. Isaac records a lot of this stuff on cheap $20 desktop microphones. He occasionally will use a studio microphone. A lot of it is improvised, so there's really no framework for the track before he starts recording. But he's learned a lot in the last year and a half, and he's been remastering all of the releases that he had put out thus far and i would highly recommend listening to anything by him that you have listened to in the past by going back and doing it with the reissues because he has not only improved the mixes and the eq and the volume and all those things of those reissues but he's also gone back and he's edited some of the tracks he's added new tracks he's changed up the sequencing a little bit and by and large the albums benefit from it um, by a massive degree So in April, he released uh, an album called The Tallest Tales in a Place Called Forever. Keep in mind, a lot of his music is based on a novel that he is writing. And he recently released the reissue of Tallest Tales. And it's a great reissue. I'm going to play two tracks on it. The first one is called Hands Folded, A Raven in Gold. I'm going to play this track, and then I'm going to move on to another artist and then come back to Isaac later for a second track, since I do want to split his music up because I know it's not quite as digestible as what you would typically listen to, but definitely stick around for it because Isaac's super talented, and this is unique. Check out Hands Folded, A Raven in Gold.
Isaac Circa, that is a song called Hands Folded, A Raven in Gold, and it is off the reissue of The Tallest Places in a Place Called Forever. Now, that was very lo-fi, as I'm sure you probably anticipated uh, from how I led up to the track, but I think it's a wonderful song. I think it's a beautiful song, because I, I almost think of it as musical white noise, and I mean that as a compliment, because Isaac does not lay it out for you, ABC. There's no... There's no verse, there's no chorus, and the lyrics are somewhat indecipherable. And because of that, he lets you fill all of those gaps in with your imagination, meaning you could just turn this song on and fall right asleep to it. It's just soothing. It's, it's wonderful. And you can let your imagination interpret that however you want to, because it is a surreal sound, a, an enigmatic sound, a mysterious sound. It's the kind of music that you would expect to accentuate a, a not necessarily a horror story but certainly something more eerie or even something more solemn there's so many ways you could go with circus music very talented uh, i'd highly recommend checking the rest of his music out and again we're going to play another song by him later in the program i am going to split them up so moving along we're going to play a band called Tilly Birds, that is T-I-L-L-Y, Birds. They're going to be releasing a new album soon. They're from Thailand, and they remind me a lot of the young Arctic Monkeys, when the Arctic Monkeys were young and aggressive and hip, uh, when they were not necessarily in 
uh, dressed like 1950s American greasers after Josh Hom from the Queens of the Stone Age kind of got a hold of them and brought them into his fold. And granted, I love the Arctic Monkeys even in their newer forms, but they've most certainly changed their sound and it doesn't have the edge and the kick and the aggression of their of their music when it came out. And I think the Tilly Birds have that. And it's really rad. I don't get a lot of music from Thailand. So I really wanted to play two of their songs for you. We're going to start off with Like a Dead Man, the Tilly Birds. Let the dancing begin. Yeah, that's rock and roll, plain and simple. I love that sound. Again, that is the Tilly Birds, Like a Dead Man. We're going to follow this up with another single from the band. It's called Unwanted. 
the Tilly Birds, everybody. Check them out. They're going to have a new album coming out soon. You can find them on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all on uh, Tilly Birds. Just search at Tilly Birds, and you'll find them on all of those. Moving along, we're going to go back to Isaac Circa. This song is called A Nameless Picture and a Pointless Notion. This is another one of Isaac's lo-fi compositions off his reissue, The Tallest Tales in a Place Called Forever. Check it out. It's a really beautiful song. Right on, that was Isaac Circa, a nameless picture and a pointless notion off of the reissue, The Tallest Tales in a Place Called Forever. You can find all of his music on Bandcamp. Just search Isaac Circa. All of it is available for free. 
And as always, when you download free music, be sure to let the artist know you're enjoying it or uh, tweet it out so more people can know about it. That's what this is all about. It's all about spreading each other's music and spreading the love, especially this time of year. Let people know they enjoy, uh, that you enjoy their music. That's really a cool thing you can do. Moving along, we're going to challenge you again. Uh, following Isaac's music, we're going to play some more music that's not necessarily accessible, but I adore it. This artist, her name is Ayumi Ashito. Uh, that name is spelled A-U, uh, sorry, A-Y-U-M-I, last name I-S-H-I-T-O. Her album is called View from a Little Cave. She is a Brooklyn-based saxophonist and composer, and it's her debut record. It's due out Friday, December 16th, so we have an early look into it here on the Jukebox Podcast. She studied jazz at the Berklee School of Music, and her new album was recorded with the long-standing quintet that she performs with. Uh, that was... Uh, formed in 2011. Unlike traditional jazz quintets, however, uh, Ashito's outfit focuses on more musical stylings that are akin to indie rock or progressive, avant-garde music. Her compositions concentrate on rhythmic shifts and ensemble texture rather than featured solos, and differentiating her sound from other jazz efforts in the indie scene is not necessarily difficult because she has such an immensely different sound. It's really cool what she's doing. Uh, she's a prolific performer as well. She's a been a member or is currently a member of an array of outfits, including the Jazz Thieves, the 80-Pound Pug, and uh, the Nova Project. So you may have heard her in one of those projects. Again, though, this is her solo debut effort, View from a Little Cave. We're going to go ahead and play the introductory track of the album, which is... Also, the title track of the album, View from a Little Cave. This is fantastic jazz, really an exceptional quintet that is performing with her, and we'll return to Ayumi's music later in the program as well, but check out View from a Little Cave. Thank you. 
We'll return to Ayumi Ishito's music later in the program. We are going to shift our gaze right now to Han Druber, that is H-A-N-D-R-U-B-U-R. We're going to play two songs off his new album. It's a 19-track LP. It is entitled Delta Resurrection, except Resurrection is spelled uh, R-E-Z-U-W-R-E-C-K-S-H-A-N. I have no idea why... (laughs) why it's spelled that way, but I'm going to assume that phonetically that is Resurrection. It's a really interesting record, though. We're going to play two songs off it, and this is a record where legendary music artists are layered throughout the songs. These are essentially samples where uh, Druber is creating these wonderful contemporary soundscapes around these very, very old recordings of old vocalists and Delta Blues and stuff from the Lomax tapes, and I just love what he's doing. So the first song we're going to be playing, it's called Moonriser, and the vocals that are sampled in it are vocals from Odea Matthews, uh, which is just phenomenal, an old, old set of vocals that Druber then came in and created a contemporary soundscape for, while still holding on to the authenticity and oral shape of what Delta Blues would sound like if you were to put those vocals to music. Check out Moonriser.
That was Han Druber, the song Moonriser, that is off the album Delta Resurrection, and I think that is so cool. I love that. We're going to play another song off that album. This one is called Back Home, and it features a recording that uh, Alan Lomax did of a prisoner's voice. Now, I do want to go into a bit of a historical tangent here because I think this is very important. Uh, For those of you unfamiliar with Alan Lomax, he was someone who went through the South and went through Appalachia, uh, in the 30s and the 40s, and he recorded, uh, along with his father, uh, John Lomax, he recorded so many artists uh, that never would have gotten recorded, that we would ha- that they'd be lost to time, because so many of these artists were, were in imp- these impoverished communities throughout rural America at the time. And we're talking about people like Lead Belly, uh, that the Lomaxes found and would record with, with, their, with their makeshift mobile recording equipment at the time and they would chronologue it he was a field collector essentially of of folk music and i don't think you can stress the importance of the lomaxes enough in the grand scheme of, of of our culture of our historical and our musical context because without them this music would again would be lost and you listen to these recordings of which there are so many the majority of which have now been put into the library of congress and they're so compelling hearing those old lead belly recordings, hearing these prisoners that they would record uh, in the 30s and the 40s. They would go into the prison yards and they would go out when the prisoners were building railroads and stuff and they'd put a recorder on them and they'd, and they'd record their, 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 you know, their chanting singing, these, these almost gospel bluesy-esque songs, of which is the basis for this recording. And I think that is so fascinating to see someone nowadays pulling those recordings and repurposing them to essentially what you'll hear next is kind of a dance song. I don't think Alan Lomax ever thought that this is what would become of his recordings, and I think that's a good thing. I think that shows that music has progressed so, so, so much. The very top of the show I mentioned, uh, It Might Get Loud, uh, which was a documentary that I picked up for Black Friday uh, with three guitarists from different generations, and one of them was, was Jack White. And Jack White sits down in the, in the documentary and sits down and plays a Sun House record. And he says, this is my favorite record. It's so, it's so primal. He's just tapping his foot and singing. It doesn't even need vocal. I mean, it doesn't even need instrumentation. It's the Lomaxes that made that possible. That made recordings like that possible. So people like Jack White, all those years later, could listen to it and become completely enthusiastic about music. And without them, so much of our history would be lost. In fact, if you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, be sure to stop by and see the Lomax uh, tape recorder that they still have there. Because I think that's one of the most important things you can see there. Because that, without that tape recorder, we wouldn't have a lot of music. So without further ado, check out Han Druber, Back Home. <laughs>
That was so cool. Hans Ruber, everybody. I love it when sampling is used that way, when you can take something old and make it contemporary and make it new again. I don't really enjoy it when people say, ah, sampling is just stealing another artist's music. No, it's not. I mean, if done really poorly and blatantly, sure. But that's most certainly an artistic expression. And I love that. That's fantastic. We're going to close out our show with another Ayumi Ashito track. Again, these are from View from a Little Cave. That is her debut album. And again, that's coming out Friday, December 16th. This song is called Sleepwalking, and it's another one of those jazz tracks that I think is just fascinatingly performed with such a strong quintet, and of course with Ayumi at the forefront of it. Really is just terrific, terrific jazz music. I hope you enjoy this. Check it out. Sleepwalking.
That was a Yumi Ashito. The album is View from a Little Cave. It's due out Friday, December 16th, and that song was called Sleepwalking. My name is Brett Stewart. It's been an absolute pleasure being your host here on the Jukebox. As always, you can expect a new roundtable in your feed tomorrow, Tuesday, November 29th. You can expect the December roundtable in your feed sometime in the middle of the month, likely around the 15th or the 16th. And finally, you can expect the main episode for the month, uh, December 25th, scheduled as usual. Yes, I know it's Christmas, so go ahead. Listen on Christmas if you'd like, or listen in the weeks to follow. You're going to want to tune into that because we have lots of really exciting announcements about the way the program is formatted and new special things we're going to be doing for 2017. Uh, I know all of you or many of you are celebrating some sort of holiday moving forward. Uh, Wherever you are in the world, uh, whatever it is you celebrate, please have a wonderful holiday season. Of course, we'll be with you throughout it and literally during it on Christmas. And uh, the show can't happen without Plectone. We have a wonderful sponsor right now, and uh, the sponsors for this show are so meaningful because this is a labor of love. Quite honestly, and I can say this openly and publicly, the sponsors just keep the overhead for the show going because this is a labor of love to expose people to music, to build this community we are creating, and I really appreciate that we have a sponsor like Plectone right now that helps us do that. You can find them at Plectone.com, and I would highly recommend checking them out for a stocking stuffer. If you have a, a family member or a bandmate or a friend who is a guitarist, a, a Plectone's a perfect gift. Absolutely perfect gift. And an affordable one, too. Until next time, my name's Brett Stewart. It's been a complete pleasure, and we'll see you soon. The Jukebox Podcast is available on all platforms and podcast directories. Visit the show at jukeboxpodcast.com for more content or email us at thejukeboxpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the Jukebox podcast, please consider rating it on the iTunes store or in the podcast directory of your choice.